The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In 2006, Family Point Resources formed with a desire to radically impact their community. We serve the Nottingham Park area, a cluster of apartments and condos where necessary resources for families to overcome cycles of poverty are lacking. We engage this community in supportive relationships that build hope, meet needs, and transform lives because we want every child in our community to believe that they are loved and that they belong. We structure our programs to aid children in developing full literacy and a love for learning. We strive to engage family structure and the entire community to have a positive and healthy influence on each child's life for the aim of physical health, alleviation of toxic stress, mental and emotional health, spiritual health, and support. Throughout the year, we help register children onto sports teams and area leagues, provide coaches, equipment, transportation, and skills clinics. We also run the Nottingham Park Community Library, where 130 children gather for healthy snacks, games, books, computers, homework help, and arts clubs. During the summer, we create over 15 enrichment programs and provide healthy breakfasts and lunches. All of our programming has developed from a need in our community and serves as avenues for building relationships and sharing resources. Throughout the year, there are a variety of ways to connect through coaching sports, tutoring with homework, leading an extracurricular club, all the way to inputting data. Many children have been shaped by their circumstances and have adopted the wrong narrative about themselves. With consistent, positive support and opportunities, these narratives begin to correct themselves and children begin to believe that they are truly loved. They become full of smiles, hugs, and high fives because they have hope and joy, even in the midst of challenges. I love that video so much. And I'm really grateful to be here today and to share with you about Family Point. My name is Stephanie Rizik, and I am the Executive Director for Family Point Resources. I came to this organization in 2009. That was the year that I moved back to Houston from Japan. I lived in Japan teaching English for about six years, and uh, that's actually where I kind of became stronger in my faith and, and came to understand who God really was and, and what his presence meant in my life and uh, discovered some purpose. And so I came back knowing I wanted to teach, but not quite sure what direction that would take. And my family was in Houston, so this is where I landed. And uh, probably within a month, I declared I'll stay here for one year. And then I'm leaving because this place is way too hot, it's way too humid, and it's way too flat. Um, but while I was here, I was going to enjoy my time and connect, and I started volunteering at Family Point. They had a homework help that was twice a week, and I showed up, and I met these amazing, beautiful children. I love the song that, that we sang just before um, during the offering, uh, that God makes beautiful things out of dust. And... And I think that's what I learned when I showed up and I met these children. And, and I very quickly realized that I had no idea how much need there was right here in Houston. I had been convinced that to be a missionary and to serve God, I, I might need to go to another country. And uh, I thought that's where I would end up. But I made a choice after a few months at volunteering at Family Point to stay in Houston because I wanted to be uh, a part of an organization that was teaching children that they are loved. Uh, these kids that we were working with couldn't read at the l grade level of their peers, and they struggled to do math problems, and 
At first glance, I thought our education system is failing our children. Uh, but the more that I got to know the children, uh, we began to discover their stories and understand that they were struggling with so many things outside of school. Uh, they worried about when they were going to eat their next meal and where it would come from and what it would be. Um, many of them had single-parent homes, and so they didn't have a relationship with their dads. Um, they worried about if they would have a home when they got there that night, uh, if they would be evicted, if the lights would be on. And all of these stresses were causing the children to almost be distracted from their true purpose. <clears throat> and, and they were believing the wrong story about themselves. And so they showed up to school, and they fell behind, and they started to give up on themselves. And uh, that's a terrible thing to see a child kind of lose hope. And so we stepped in with programs uh, to start teaching children a truer narrative of themselves. There's a wonderful study that came out, um, I found out about a few years ago once I was education director, um, <clears throat> called the ACE study. And what they were able to do with this study was look at adult health and see uh, the impact of adverse childhood experiences on adults. And they discovered that these stresses um, that children have in their lives the more stress that you have, the more negative impact it has on you and your future, uh, to the point to where it can decrease someone's lifespan by 10 years. So these stresses change the way that a child's mind develops, physical development, emotional development, and social development. Um, and, and I'm sure you've all felt this kind of survival stress response. If you've ever gone into a meeting or a job interview or maybe a first date and your palms start to sweat and your, your heart beats really fast and it feels like your, your vision is blurry everywhere except focusing on that one thing that you're trying to get through. So that's, that's our body and our brain taking over saying, I don't know what's going to come next and I don't know if I'm going to make it through or not. So I'm prepared to run as, at, at a moment's notice. Um, and the, our children had been exposed to these stresses, and without knowing it, they were constantly living in this state. You know, that interview never ended for them. That first date was never over. And so they were constantly kind of on edge. And, and so then they show up to school, and then they're told, oh, now you need to sit down for 45 minutes or an hour, or you have to focus. And they literally can't, but they don't understand that it's something else going on in their lives. Um, that, that's causing them to react that way. So Family Point Resources is a nonprofit that engages the, our neighbors in supportive relationships that meet needs, build hope, and transform lives. We're located uh, off of Memorial. If you get on Memorial and head east of here, just a few miles. Uh, predominantly, we serve children who are in the Stratford High School feeder pattern. So right around Stratford High School, there's 3,000 apartments and condominiums. Um, the statistics for those homes are that about 85% of the families are low income, or they qualify for free or reduced lunch. Now, what that means is that a family of four would make about $46,000 or less a year. Uh, it doesn't take long to do the math and realize that's not quite enough. Um, about 50% of the families are single-parent households. About 40 to 50% speak English at home, and the remaining speak a different language. And of the children at Family Point, uh, they represent over 24 different countries the last time that we counted. Uh, so those statistics, what they do is they tell us that families in our community are lacking resources that help them to flourish and to thrive. 
And we want to be a bridge because we believe that God created each of these children and each of these families for a purpose, and we want to help them discover who they really are. Um, and so I'm going to take a drink of water. This month, I had a conversation with two different moms, and those conversations really stuck in my heart because they're two different women with very different backgrounds, different set of resources, and one texted me uh, late at night and said, I found out about a job fair next week, and I really want to go. I've worked in this job for 15 years, and I want to do more. I think I can, uh, but I only have my high school diploma, and I don't know what's out there, and I don't know if I can do it, and, and I, I'm just scared. Will you help me? And her response when I asked, yeah, how can I help, was... Um, just encourage me. I just need somebody to believe in me and, and tell me that I can do this. Um, and the other mom was opening up to me about uh, how hard this last year had been with their family since their house flooded in Harvey and the rebuilding process and all of this and asking for assistance was new for them. And she said, my eyes have been so open because I've been through this process where I needed help and I've felt judged and I felt like I've had to prove myself and it's been so difficult. <laughs> um, and I really value and appreciate Family Point because you guys don't care. You don't care if we have or if we don't have, if we can pay or if we don't pay. Everybody is welcome here. And, and that's so wonderful for me and for my family, especially what we've been through over the past year. And as I reflected on these conversations, I realized they were powerful to me because both women were asking kind of three questions that we hear our parents and our children ask us on a daily basis. And the first question is, <clears throat> am I loved? Do you love me? And the second question is, how is it possible to be okay? Like, I'm broken. This world is broken. And the third question is, is anybody out there who can help me? And these are three powerful questions that I think we all ask at one point or another in our lives. And Family Point has been striving over the past 10 years to answer these questions well. If these are the questions that we hear from our children and from our parents, even though they're saying it very indirectly and may not know they're asking this, how do we respond? And we do it by playing with the children and through play. Our first program was in 2007. We got kids onto a baseball team. Now, at this point, we were calling parents and convincing them to let us put a funny-looking uniform on their child and take them out to hit a ball. Uh, and that year, we lost all of the games. Uh, and it, it didn't matter. The kids didn't care because it was about something more than winning. Because when they were on that field, they were suddenly less angry. They were able to cope with their frustrations more. Uh, they were building self-confidence. They were making friends. And the parents came back and said to us, my child is changing, not just on this field, but at home and at school. And so we said, well, we're doing something right. So let's make more opportunities that focus on relationships. 
because we know that that ACE study, the one thing that consistently overrides those negative impacts is caring relationships. When you have a support system, you can get through challenges and overcome them in a positive way. And so now we have kind of three different program umbrellas. The first is health and fitness, and we have arts and education, and then we have summer. So for our health and fitness programs throughout the year, we register children onto sports teams and area leagues. Uh, baseball, soccer, cross country, softball, uh, track and field, basketball. Last year we registered four, we helped with, I think it was 422 individual registrations. Um, in addition to helping them get on the league, because for some of the parents, you know, the form is difficult to understand. If you come from a country where they don't have organized sports, you don't even know about this. And uh, the fee is $90, which is quite a bit if you have more than one child. So we help with all of that. And then we help buy equipment if they need shoes or gloves. And we also reach out into our community and ask people to come and volunteer, to be a coach or an assistant coach, to run a skills clinic. Um, and, and we ask those volunteers to kind of understand that on your team, you may have a child who uh, can afford to have a private coach teach them how to bat, and a child who this is the very first time they've ever thrown a baseball. And something wonderful happens as, as this diverse group of people come together throughout the year. And we also provide healthy meals after school and throughout the summer. And it is so much fun. This month, in a couple of weeks, we have 22 children, middle school and high school children, going to compete in the Junior Olympics in Iowa through our, through our track and field team. And so these kids are learning skills and then growing up, and some of them actually have the potential to receive a college scholarship, which is transformational for them and their future and their family. And our arts and education program, like I said, it started with a homework help that was at the schools. And our facilities are located in the Outreach Center of West Houston. We have about half of the building that we rent. And in 2011, Blue Willow Bookshop came to us and said, do you guys want books? And we said, yeah. Uh, and that turned very quickly into a Launch the Library campaign. And we now have a community library with over 8,000 books, iPads, iMacs, um, games, board games, and also soccer balls and things like that. So every day after school, we have about 100 to 130 children who come uh, for a safe place to be um, and to play with their friends. They get help with homework. They get a meal. Uh, they get to have fun. And we also have enrichment clubs that are led by volunteers in our community. We have sewing and Bible study. We have arts clubs. We have soccer and a basketball club. And it's wonderful um, to see even some of the high school students come to us and say, hey, I really love anime. Can I have an anime club? And it's like, yeah, sure, here you go. Here's, here's a room and here are some kids. And uh, that's been really wonderful. Um, the other thing that we do is summertime. So we take our sports programs and our education programs and we condense them out into week-long day camps. So this summer, I think we had like 25 different camps um, ranging from sports to arts, and it's a way to engage volunteers in the community because they're all volunteer-led, and also give children a place to have fun, have a little bit of structure, discover, and try new things um, that will build their confidence and help them understand who they might be in the future. So uh, <clears throat> I remember a couple months ago, I was talking with one boy, his name was Emmanuel, and I asked him, 
if he remembered the first time that he came to Family Point. And he said, yep, I was like fourth grade, third, fourth grade, and uh, it was creative arts camp. And my mom signed me up, and I walked into the auditorium, and there's all these kids running around and laughing and having fun. And I went and I sat in the corner by myself. And I sat there until Ahmed came over. He was a volunteer. And he sat next to me, and he shook my hand, and he introduced himself and asked my name, and we chatted for a little bit. And then he told me, hey, let, let's go play. And so I went and I started playing. And he told me that was my first friend, which is absolutely incredible. And he went on to say how, you know, every summer Ahmed comes back and he volunteers and we see each other and we shake hands and, you know, do this guy thing. And um, this year, Emmanuel is starting his freshman year in high school and he's actually coming in as a leader and volunteering and he's running some of these programs that he participated in when he was a child. And Ahmed is graduating from UT and going on to med school. But both of those guys were around this summer, and it's cool to see them like come and volunteer and then jump in somebody's car and go get lunch. And these relationships have just been so incredibly transformative over the years. I think last year we had over 400 volunteers that dedicated almost 10,000 hours at Family Point. We could not do it without people. And it's wonderful to see those relationships happen. And there's a gentleman who's a professor at University of Aberdeen, John Swinton. I have a ton of respect for him. And he, I heard him speak at a disability conference a few years ago. And he said that the task of the church is not world transformation. It is signaling the kingdom through small, gentle gestures. And I love those words. Because they free me up to just show up as me and to do the small things that I do well. And it gives me trust that everyone else is going to show up and do their small thing, and then all of those small things are gonna come together and create something incredibly beautiful, kind of this tapestry of, of support, of love. And um, through these relationships, we get to begin to tell people the true narrative of themselves, that they are valuable, that they are loved, in spite of being broken, and that they do have a community where they belong. So at Family Point, I think our small gesture uh, happens through play. I think it's so important for us to be playful. And the question is, how do we play when it's challenging? How do we go play soccer when we know that a child is hungry? Like, there's this tension uh, that can be difficult sometimes. You know, how are we sorrowful yet always rejoicing? How are we poor yet making many rich? And how, how do we have nothing yet possess all things? And I'm still working on the answer to this question, but I think it has something to do with play. Uh, for a few different reasons. And, and they begin to answer, become answers to the questions that my friend Dana and Angie were asking in the beginning. Um, when you play with someone, you are telling them that they are important. Because to take time out of your day and play a game of checkers, or to go throw the baseball, or to watch a movie, or to go out to dinner together, 
Um, you are taking time out and you're saying, you are so valuable that I don't care that this time is not profitable or productive or efficient. I just want to be with you because you, just as you are, is incredible. And the, the second thing that it does is it creates kind of an alternate universe. It lets us escape from everything else that's going on in the world. And when we get to escape, we can play out different scenarios. Maybe we can pretend that we live in a big house with, with uh, my own room and pink walls. And, uh, and when we can play that out through pretend, it, it heals us in some really incredible ways. It allows us to work through a narrative as if there was a different script. And then we get to take that play and that hope and we get to take it into our regular lives and say, maybe it is possible. Like, if I could imagine it, then couldn't it become reality at some point? And the third thing that play does is it brings us together. It brings us together on the soccer fields. It brings us together around books and around movies and around board games. And through play, we get to be incredibly healed. So I want to invite you all to come and play with us in any way that you can, because as we discover that there is great need in our community, um, we want to come together and talk about that, and in relationships, discover what resources we might share, um, because everyone has something to give. Everyone has value, and we believe at Family Point that God was in this community doing things way before we showed up, and now we just get to walk alongside him um, and continue to do that. I asked a student who just graduated from high school, I asked him, uh, he, I guess I've known him since he was in the third grade, so he grew up at Family Point, and I was writing a grant, and I, I said, hey, they're asking me how we measure our success. How do we know what we're doing works? And I asked him this question. How do we know what we're doing works? He was real sweet. He got quiet and he thought. He said, smiles. Like the kids come here and every time they leave, they're smiling. And I think that is so true. We said it in the video that we know we're being successful because the kids become full of smiles, hugs, and high fives. It's incredibly hard to do that when you don't love yourself or know that you're loved. And I have seen over the years that as children believe that they're loved and that they're valuable, they get filled up. And when someone is full of love, they turn themselves kind of inside out and then they start loving other people around them and they give back in tremendous ways, and they kind of have confidence, and this is who God made me to be, and I'm gonna fall on my face a lot, but I'm gonna get there. And it's through love that we get to heal in community. And so just in closing, I wanted to share with you one verse uh, from Ephesians 3 that I think is something I always go back to is this is my prayer for the children, and this is my hope for our community. Uh, it's Paul talking to uh, the church at Ephesus, and he says uh, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, 
may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That is my prayer for us and for our community. Thank you so much for having us here today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.